Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. This episode of Pardes from Jerusalem features Rabbi David Levincruz on Parashat Baha Alotacha. Five days, 28 class options, and one memorable summer learning experience. The Pardes Learning Seminar, Summer 2021, is online this year from July 4th to July 8th. Cultivating courage and resilience. Chazak ve'ematz. Be sure to get more information at www.pardes.org.il forward slash seminar. Communal leaders, professionals, lifelong learners, and most importantly, you. Join us today. And now, Rabbi David Levincruz. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. My name is David Levincruz, and I am a very, very proud adjunct faculty member of Pardes, and I love coming to Pardes and being involved in what it does. For 16 years, I taught and ran different programs at Pardes, which I really enjoyed and loved and miss very much. And in addition to teaching and running programs, I also had the very, very distinct pleasure of getting involved with different students as a counselor, as a coach, as an advisor, as a mentor. And this was a very, very important part of my job. At some point, I decided to go and get a little bit of qualifications to do it. So I trained as a life coach and I would use my life coaching techniques when speaking to students. And then one day something very interesting happened. I was speaking to a student and he said to me, um, I'm reading this book at the moment. Would you like to look at a chapter which has really, really had an influence on me? So we looked at the chapter together and we honed in on what he was really, really interested in. And we started discussing it. And before I knew it, we were using the classic Chavruta method of one-on-one learning to unpack a few lines from the chapter of this book that he had liked so much and which spoke to him so much. And suddenly, in the process of unpacking what was written in the book, slowly but surely, the issues that he dealt with began to be dealt with through a close reading of the text. And I said to myself, aha, maybe I have stumbled onto something or he has stumbled onto something. Maybe if people bring texts, Jewish and general, that speak to them on a very, very deep level, as they study the text, they will find things in the text that they did not see that also speak to them on a very, very deep level. On one hand, it's displacement. It's easier to talk about a text than to speak about what is really bothering and hurting or challenging you. But on the other hand, I think there's something very real there. If we believe that literature is profound because it speaks about life, and if, as some of us believe, that Torah is profound because it is shot through with the holy and the divine, then surely by examining a text that speaks to me, I will also be able to find myself. And so for many, many years, I had the very, very distinct pleasure of working with students on 
their issues using Jewish and other texts. And if I had to summarize what the issues were that people came with, I would say it very, very simply. The issues were either stepping up or to stop stepping up. And let me explain what I mean by this. Stepping up is a phrase which means through your, your activities and your energy and your will to do something, you are called upon to do something. Kisha ain ish heye ish, as the Mishnah says, when there is no person, you should strive to be the person. That's stepping up, doing what needs to be done, and not stepping up is knowing when to leave. When have I done enough? When, when, when am I doing more harm than hurt by being involved in somebody else's life? So two very different things that sound the same. One is stepping up to do what I need to do, and the other one is not stepping up not doing, not getting over-involved in another person's life. In a lovely, lovely way, there's just one simple Rashi I wish to study together with you today. Nothing more sophisticated than that. But there is a beautiful Rashi, which I think gets to the heart of both of these issues, very, very simply gets to the heart of these issues. And I also want to share you something very, very nice about lost objects and their connection to this. If we look in this week's parsha, Bamidbar 8, verses 2 to 3, it says, Daber el Aaron elav. God is telling Moses what to say to Aaron. el hanerot el mul When you mount the lamps, which literally means when you go up, but all the translations say when you are putting the lamps, when you're placing the lamps, when you're putting them in order, opposite the menorah, there will be seven of them that will burn, and then the next pasuk, the next verse says, Aaron did what he was told, always a good, fine thing to do, you're told by God to do something, you do it, as he was commanded. So, as, it, as I said, the word literally means that um, when you mount, when you set up the lamps, when you put them in order. But if you look at the second part of Rashi, which is on the, um, the source sheet, it says something very interesting. Furthermore, the rabbis learned from this, from the word They take it not so much as setting up the menorah, but as Aaron stepping up, as Aaron, that there was a step in front of the candelabrum and the priest had to stand up and do it. When preparing the lights, what is so interesting about this? Why do they seem to mention it? It's not an architectural digest in which we need to know what's going on. But I think it's very, very simple and very profound. Sorry if I'm saying that too much. What's going on over here? In order for the priest to light the menorah, he has to step 
onto a step. Once he's done it, he's able to do it, but he has to be willing to go and do it. And just physically, when one is on a step, once one is on the step, one is fine. When one is in the bottom of the step, one is fine. But if it's a ladder or a steep step, there is that moment when your one foot is on the step, your other foot is still down, and you need to, wish I had a diagram to show, and you need to pick it up. And that moment when you are in the middle, when you have one leg on and one leg not on, that is a frightening moment. And that's what most of coaching is about. That's what most of mentoring, apprenticeship, and everything else is about. That moment when one leg is up and another leg is in the middle. But once you're there, you can do it. It's not hard. The priest is able to do it. So a lesson we get from this Rashi is it's hard to step up. Once you do it, you can do it. The middle period where you have one leg on and one leg not yet on, that is the hard place where sometimes one may need a little help. That's what coaching, that's what mentoring, that's what guidance is all about. This Rashi starts in a very interesting way, also focusing on the word ole. Al Shem Sha'Allah have ole because the flame goes up. Katuv mehadlakatan l'shon aliyah. Because a flame goes up, the word aliyah is used. Shetzarich la'adlik ad sheteh shalhevet ole me'aleah. Because you have to light it until the flame goes up by itself. And this is based on Shabbat 21a in the Gemara. The previous comment was based on the Sifri Bamidbar 59. There again, very, very simple Rashi. He says, it says Ole, and the priest has to stand there and has to light the lights until the light ascends of itself. And then he goes. His job is to do things, to do actions, until the candle can do it by itself. And then to step down. I don't need to send a telegram. I don't need to send an Instagram. I don't need to tweet about this. I think it's very, very clear. Our job when helping others is to step up, do what we can do. And the moment they're able to handle things themselves, to step down, to withdraw. Because if not, it creates dependency. And this reminded me of an absolutely beautiful Hasidic interpretation. I admit I don't know where it is. Anybody knows, please write it in and tell me. A beautiful Hasidic interpretation, which I think draws together so much of what we've spoken about um, today. It's talking about returning a lost object, which on the face of it seems to have nothing to do with, um, with what we're talking about. And it says, Imlo kariv karov if your brother does not live close to you, you don't know who it is. You don't know who it is. And then you should take the lost object into your home. Until somebody comes to demand it. Somebody puts an announcement. One of the beautiful things about Jerusalem is that you see all these announcements on the poles speaking about a lost object. Until your brother claims it. And you shall give it back to him. I read 
a beautiful Hasidic interpretation, which totally misreads or reads in its own way the verse. It says, If your brother is not close to you, if his distance, or she's distance, or they are distance, if for some reason perhaps there's problems between you, or perhaps they're having problems, or perhaps they're distant from God, or perhaps they need a little bit of help, but in some way they are distant, and they do not know him, not the lost object, but they do not know God, they do not know direction, they do not have a sense of purpose, you shall gather them into your home, take your brother, take your sister, take your sibling, take the special person, and bring them into your home. You see how it's meaning something completely different. And the person will be with you. Literally, until they ask for the, the object back. But in this figurative interpretation, until your brother, until your friend, until your sibling, until your colleague is able to doresh, is able to interpret Otto, his letter. And this is based on the idea that everybody has their own special letter in the Sefer Torah. Everybody has a verse or a letter or a piece of Torah that is just for them, that is for them to inspire their lives. And how long does one stay needing help until one is able to find the letter and interpret it until one finds the piece of Torah that is meant just for them, until one finds the insight and the learning that is meant just for them. Once they found that, they come back to themselves and they're able to leave your house. Not only are they able to leave your house, they should leave your house. They found their sense of purpose, they've found their direction, they've found their meaning. Now it is time for them to move on. And this almost brings us back full circle to where we started. What are we doing when we look at Jewish literature and other literature, when we unpack it, when we look at something that speaks to somebody very, very personally? We are helping them find their special letter. We're helping them to find their letter in the Sefer Torah. And once they have that, once a person knows what their sense of purpose is, who they are, then they are able to have the bravery to take that step, to take their two feet, to lift one foot up, to take another foot, and to live with the uncertainty that comes, and to be able to then put their other foot on the step to light the menorah, and through their actions, through their letter, through their purpose, to bring light to themselves and to all the world, and to let that light have a life of its own, and to illuminate everywhere and everybody. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for downloading this podcast, a production of the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. 
If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts today. Be sure to follow us on Spotify for the latest episode of Pardes from Jerusalem, or to visit us at elmod.pardes.org. Tune in next week as Tovalea Nachmani discusses Parashat Shlach. Thanks for listening.